Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2 Episode 5, it's called Loud as a Whisper. So full spoilers for the episode as always. And this episode, uh, I, I actually, I want, to, I want to pull Connor up here actually for something he said at the end of the last one. Because when I told him the plot of this, he <laughs> yes, says, I know where this is going. he's like, oh, I bet it's not really about the, con- we'll never see the actual conflict between the two tribes. It'll be about the journey to them. Uh, so I laughed when I was watching this episode because we do get to the conflict and the, the entire like thing revolves around how we're going to deal with this conflict. Do you know, for the first 20 minutes or so, I thought, yeah, I'm right on this one. Uh, <laughs> and, and then, uh, do you know what? I'll hope you know, I was wrong. Yeah. But I, I do not regret making that statement. Because I feel like most of the time that that has in the past that has been accurate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the Enterprise going picks up this this uh, mediator uh, called Riva, who turns out to be deaf, and uh, Picard goes in person uh, with Troy and Worf to go and greet him, and he uh, has these three people that he calls his chorus who come with him, who telepathically are linked to him and can hear his thoughts and feel his feelings. Uh, and they speak for him, and each one represents a different aspect of who he is. So, uh, one guy is the, the the raw intelligence and the the logic and the kind of the harsh. The other guy is like the libido, the the romance, the all that kind of thing. And then the woman is like the wisdom and the thing that sort of ties everything together, uh, kind of thing. Um, and I laughed actually uh, during this in quite a bit because. So, so they come in and there's like a brief moment where Picard and that are realizing, okay, they're speaking for him, right? And at one point, yeah. Riva gets really upset because Picard addresses them instead of him. So now you're talking yeah. to me, so you talk to me, even though the other one's speaking. Um, but the I, part... I, I can, that, that, that one felt really natural. It's oh, like sure. talking to the interpreter instead of the person themselves. But what made me laugh in this scene is that when he's describing what each one of them represent, when it gets to the, the, the guy who's the libido, it just cuts to him staring at Troy. As, uh, hey, Troy. As, as he's saying, he's the libido, the love, the passion, and he's looking right at her. Um, and then later on when she says, oh, this is a very you know eloquent way of uh, of communicating, she's like, he's like, oh, that takes a, a you know, a, an advanced mind to, to yeah. respect. And I, I love that it, it has this extra tinge because it comes out of that voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I was laughing quite a bit, especially because as the scene went on as well, it got to the point where um he he was kind of kind of complimenting her quite a bit uh for for being an empath and keeping up with this stuff, and the whole thing was coming from the libido voice, dude. Uh, so was, the whole thing was me. I was like, I'm glad. The whole Ra- thing is like he's just hitting on her. Yeah, I'm glad Raker's not in the room because he would feel very awkward right now. That's this. Uh, yeah, very yeah, very would. tense. Uh, but of course, to come back to the ship and. He gets introduced to Riker and some of the other bridge crew. He kind of reacts to Data being like, oh, you're unique. Uh, and then Jordy, he kind of comments on his visor. Oh, that's kind of like my chorus. It's like an aid to help you with your 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 difference, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And and the idea that they, but equally both of them would be lost without it. And, you know, they, they feel like they see slash experience more than they would do without, you know, if they were just, you know, quote unquote normal. Yeah, so... Yeah, and then he insists that Troy be the one to show him to his quarters, if that's okay. Uh, and again, all just kind of awkward. Says st- Mr. Libido. Yeah, just standing around. Like, yes, I guess that's fine. Um, and the other two don't even come with him out of the room. It's just Libido Man comes with him. Uh, yeah. And he, he chats to her about being on the ship and about communicating, about wanting to have dinner with her and then all sorts. And 
everything all of this stuff was just cracking me up because all of it was just yeah. like the way he was staring at her just the, the first time he, he he's he's explaining to this guy who speaks for him as the libido he's just glad he's just glaring right at her with his jesus looking beard and uh robe <laughs> it's one way of putting it that's basically that's the first like 50 minutes of the episode is basically all these introductions and him going around the ship and uh it's uh it's people. enjoyable enough though oh yeah it's fine there's, there's nothing wrong with it uh for sure um uh, but that's basically what it is and then they get to the planet and you know there's a little bit of prep beforehand we're in the ready room and they're talking about oh how do you do this he's like oh i'll find a common ground between them because they're, they're, they're dealing with these two tribes that have been fighting on this planet uh Solias four um and they're they're going to try yeah and they want to basically broker peace finally after after decades if not centuries of war yeah, but there's a, there's a, an interesting beat where Picard's like, right, so shall we get you up to speed on the situation, and you know, and give you all the information about you know all the 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 what the fight's all about or what they you know what they claim it's all about, and he was like, nah, I'll just go down and talk to him. I'll start, it'll, it'll be cool. Yeah, he comes off just a little bit arrogant, a little bit too sure of himself. Yeah, he definitely yeah. does. Which does come back to bite him, of course, but. Um... You know his logic is relatively sound in terms of because because he he, he he rightfully points out that they've been fighting all this time and now they want someone to help you know bring them peace like something's changed like something recently changed yeah um, and yeah so they go down to the planet and look, there's the setup and two people from either alien faction show up um it's all very tense and they're kind of standing Rikers there a few of the the crew are there it's sort of security detail and. One of them uh, goes to shoot uh, Reva. Uh, yeah. One of them says, oh no, death before all this peace crap. And uh, Riker pulls him out of the way, but hit all three of his chorus. And I actually, this was actually quite a brutal death for, for an episode it of Star was, Trek. Yeah. Because it's kind of like a, a phaser thing where they kind of disappear afterwards. But before they disappear, they flash to just like, like gory skeletons for like a second before they disappear it's, properly. Um, I'm, I'm going to like it's the Dalek effect. Uh, th- th- this is a, a long-running thing in Doctor Who where when they're hit by the, the Dalek beam, they flash to the, the, the X-ray kind of shot. Well, yeah, but that's an X-ray. This was more like the Predator, you know, pre- Predator, like, it's like just flesh on yeah. bone. Uh, yeah, it was uglier in, yeah. in a good way. Yeah, I mean, it really uh, smile. It kind of reminded me of that. I ain't going to complain about it. Like, it, you know. No, it, it looked decent. Um, and then, you know, so that, this kind of really affects Reva because they beam out right away. And, you know, I, I, you know, the, the second, the guy who was on the same team, the same side as this 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 renegade who, who tried to shoot him, he actually uh, shoots the guy, you know, his partner shoots him and, you know, take, takes out the culprit. And he's like, no, please, he doesn't speak for all of us. Please, we want peace. He's begging for them to stay. But, you know, Riker's like, no, no, we need to get out of here now. Beam us up. It's not um, safe anymore. Yeah. And when they get back up, it's basically this is a, this episode is essentially about this dude Riva kind of losing his uh, well he's, he he literally loses his libido. <laughs> yeah, he loses his mojo, um, and it's kind of about him learning how to deal with that and then retake his his weakness and turn it into a positive. Yeah, because he's a a renowned negotiator like he was requested hmm. by name uh by by the alien races for, it, for this it's mentioned that uh wharf uh was feeling a bit tense before meeting him because he actually brokered a big peace uh thing with klingons at one point there was a yeah dispute he, he dealt so with this guy has a reputation as being the best um uh so this is kind of like a 
you know, we, we said before, he was kind of arrogant feeling. This is knocking him down, you know, back to basics, making him realize why he was good at what he was. It wasn't just his reputation. Yeah. Um, in many ways, it's the Dark Knight Rises. He gets too big for his boots and has to go back to basics and realizes how to be Batman again. I want to argue with you, but I can't. No. It's the plot of that movie. That's what it is. It is, yeah. Um, we yeah. talked about that in depth. We did, we did. We did like a 90-minute plus review of that. Um, <laughs> that would make the episode better, actually, if the alien who shot him came out and was like, Wah! <laughs> Victory has defeated you, Reva! Do you know what made me laugh more? That first noise you made mm-hmm. sounded more like Danny DeVito's Penguin. <laughs> I'll take it. I don't mean to do that. Uh, and then I was like, oh, that's supposed to be Bane. Uh, okay, fair. I need the ball. <laughs> Victory has defeated you, Reva. Yeah. Is that better? It's closer. Yeah. yeah it's be- <laughs> better, than, better than the first noise. Yes, the fire rises. Um, So, no. Um, and ultimately, he's kind of moping. They try to speak to him. Uh, Data learns sign language because they can't speak to him. They're, they're struggling to understand what he's saying. So Data goes and learns sign language very quickly. He just goes through it like super fast. And yeah, well, well someone has to at this point, right? And what I love about it, though, is that when he comes out to tell Picard that it's been successful, he's like, yes, I understand sign language. And he says, this is two people walking on a beach. This is two people walking on a beach at sunset. And he, but he just keeps adding more things to the sentence. He's like, this is two people having a nice time walking around the beach as the sky is this at sunset. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, and he's a it's bit, proper, full-on, just run-on sentences. Yeah, he just keeps adding to it. And you get the impression that he's going to go through the entire, like, like everything you can possibly say in sign language. And Picard's like, no, that's enough, data. I get it. I get it. I get it. You, you can communicate. Go speak to him. <laughs> let's speak to him let's find out um you know obviously he's very upset about his, his chorus there were there were you know it wasn't just people who helped him they were family they did they, they bonded in such a level it took years they, they of were le- part of his life yeah for you know decades well, well not just part of his life though it, like he specifically explains that it took years to build this connection with them where they feel his feelings that like they feel you know so it's not because when data is like translating for him he explains that like, you're not gonna really get any of the emotion from what Data is saying, whereas these the, the, the his chorus, they would feel his rage, they'd feel his you know ambivalence, they'd feel his his passion, mm. whatever, and they would always like sort of make sure it comes out in the words as they're saying it. And it took a long time, and eventually, you know, Troy's going to go down and try and mediate herself uh, using her empathy to try and help. Uh, but ultimately, she convinces him to like turn his because, as he says, he says the trickiest part, the secret, is always to take a disadvantage and turn it into an advantage. And she says, well, "Why don't you do that as well with yourself?" And he gets this genius idea that by teaching them the two factions of this alien species sign language, so they can communicate with him, they'll essentially bond and learn to communicate with each other at the same time, and it'll slow everything down. It, you know, nothing happens quickly when you do this. So. Because Data points out when they drop him off, uh, when he reveals his plan, he's like, it took me, you know, minutes to learn sign language. It'll take months to do this. And he's like, yeah, that, that's why it'll work, because it'll take that much time of them yeah. having to go through this process. And again, it's it's the humility compared to the arrogance at first, where they expected, ah, oh, he'll be in there for a week or two. Problem yeah. solved. Uh, whereas now it's, no, 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 this is a long-term project. Yes. Um, so, so they, but, it, but it all makes combined. sense. No, it does. No, it, like... I, it's not the best episode in the world, but I think the the core ideas of it make a lot of sense, and it's got a very Star Trek like message of like accepting who you, what you are, and because it, even the the conversation about him relying on his chorus and Jordy relying on his visor, yeah, it's a very Star Trek thing. Is to say, no, like now now we've advanced beyond caring about these things. We we accept our differences and we we use them. It's it's a weird like you know 
extrapolation where it's it's you know the the future version of you know, you wear glasses mm -hmm. right uh without them i assume you struggle to see uh, at least on some level uh how blind you are oh. but you know yeah, I'm. I'm not that blind. I I just struggle to read. But uh, okay, I, sure. I can. But, you know, I I can cross the road and not get hit by a car. If that's what you're asking. Sure, but you you wouldn't <laughs> be able to read comfortably. I, no, I, I get a headache. I get a headache, and it's kind of blurry. Yes. Right, and and this is kind of you know it's 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 just an amped up version of that, really, for all intents and purposes. And and you know, again with uh, with Reva, it's an amped up version of a, a deaf person having a translator, uh, and then and then learning to communicate on their own uh, as opposed to having a translator for them. Yeah, and communication is important. Uh, as yeah. It's the most important thing of any relationship. I mean, and yeah. not that I need Star Trek to tell me that. It's quite obvious that that's the most important part of any relationship with anyone. But, I is... mean, that's Star Trek in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, all of this made sense. Um, the, the the actual kind of, like, because obviously there's the romantic dinner scene with him and uh, Troy where she, she wants rid of the translator so he can just be them so he kind of awkwardly tries to like sign language and she kind of i assume her emp her emp empathetic like abilities Helps are helping lot, here yeah. yeah when she's trying to understand them because i was like this feels like a bit of a reach with if if you're just going on the sign language alone and she doesn't know the sign language this feels like a bit of a reach of how she's getting to that so i, I assume it's mostly the empathy yeah, yeah, it's like it's, it, I imagine it's it's given her a bit of a head start here in terms of understanding it. Uh, yeah. Although I will say, at one point before they had the idea to get data to learn sign language, Picard says to him, "Can you write what you're saying down?" And I thought, yeah, until data's got the sign language, just do that. Well, why not write the thing down? <laughs> so that's yeah. a fair request. You would think so, wouldn't you? It's a fair request, but he's he's being too stubborn, I guess. Um, until he comes down Which and realizes, is, I think it's very intentional. You know, sure. even even then, he's he's too arrogant, he's too stubborn. Yeah, but... he he th yeah he thinks he's lost the one thing that let him communicate with the world. He's he's not he's too he's too caught up in the emotion to realize that there's other options, there's other ways he can do this. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of his thing. And then obviously, Jordy does have one scene with Pulaski uh, late on in the episode, which interestingly does not have a, a resolution. It does not have a scene that comes comes after where you get an answer. Where she says that, you know, we could fit you with uh, eyeballs so you don't have to wear the visor, but you'd lose about 20% of the, the, the visual capabilities you have with the visor. You know, because he gets a lot of different types of spectrums and he sees yeah. things in a unique way. Um, and he's like, 20% is, you know, a lot when I'm used to, you know, I've, I've had this for years, like I'm used to seeing this way. Um, and then she, she offers an even more extreme option where I could probably, with a replicator, uh, regenerate your, your eyes and your optic nerves. Um, it's a bit risky, but you'd be able to see like a normal person. So he essentially gets this choice of like becoming normal again, um, or like everyone else. Again, I hate using the word normal. It feels a bit mean. Yeah, but, you know, it does. Uh, but, you know, regular vision um, or staying what he is. And much like he said at the start of the episode when he, he, he met Reva, like, he doesn't resent being blind of the visor because he likes who he is, and that's part of who he is. Yeah. Um, so I don't think it needs the follow-up scene because no, that's true. It's just because we, we, we already know the choice because it does. But, but it does end. The scene literally ends with him saying, "Oh, I'll need to go and think about this." So it is kind of weird that there's never like a a, a resolution yeah. scene to it. That's fair. Um, uh, it's a bit strange. Uh, there's a lot of you know, you know throughout that. So it's it's more you know, okay relying on the, himself and who he you know it, it, you know the rest of it is re you know, rediscovering who he is, and Joe presumably you know is is seeing this and is like, okay, I I get it. I don't need do anything extreme yeah um so no i mean yeah it's a fine episode it's not like i i i don't think it goes above and beyond it doesn't like strike me as one that is going to be particularly memorable no it's serviceable and enjoyable enough 
Yeah, the, the messaging's fine. Uh, it's a solid positive message, uh, which Star Trek usually does. But uh, and it has. I, I think the love stuff with Troy. I mean, a couple of a couple of moments of it did make me laugh. So I'll give it you know some points for that. But I wouldn't necessarily say it was good. The actual romance. No, angle, I, I think it was more laughing at it being a bit awkward and cheesy and yeah, not not the best. You, you know, I don't think I was laughing for the right reasons. Yeah, and you know how many times have we done this where someone comes on the ship and is, has the hots for Troy, and it was the same. You know, the only difference last season was it was we also had Tasha that it could also be. So that yeah. happened a couple of times. Uh, it feels like we're we've got a trend of lady characters where this is the sort of thing. We're we five episodes into the season, and Troy's had had this you know relationship with with Reva here. She's been knocked up by an alien. Mm-hmm. Have I missed any of those? Did the rogue try and get it on with her as well? I don't, I don't think, think so, actually. I don't think he did, but I, was, I had to he, he think about it. He was just every other random woman on the ship. Yeah, but I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah. Because cause he was trying. He was trying with everyone else, so I had to... He was, yeah. I had to think about it. Um, so, no, you know, in last season, she tried to get married off at one point, and that was a whole yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it, it's um, it's the weakest part of the episode, and that may just always be true whenever they pull this. Whenever they pull it, or the person has the hots for Troy, you may have to have probably the, they is, have to have a yeah. connection before the plot plays out, kind of thing. Yeah. So that that that's the weakest part for sure. But the 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 overall kind of message of what it's doing is it's one of those episodes where, like, you could cut like ten to fifteen minutes out of it, and it'd actually be a really solid thirty minute episode. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you take um, all all the romance is, stuff it's out, just, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it's a real, it's a solid episode. It's a solid yeah, episode. Yeah, no, none of the romance stuff is bad enough to really drag it down. No, it's just superfluous. Yeah, uh, and Wesley's on the bridge, at, you know, manning the uh, the navigation a couple of times, but that's about it. We don't really see anything else of him. Yeah, so. Point in the good column. I'm complaining. Uh, there is an interesting uh, bookend to the episode, though, where Picard's uh, obsessed with the the, the the solar system here that they're going to. Uh, the third planet's got this really weird orbit that he, he can't quite get his and head around. And it's like, this shouldn't exist. And yet it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how would you read into that? Uh, it, it's it's that, you know, okay, but what, you know, that that mystery of, uh, it, it's kind of, you know, Reaver or Geordie. It's like, okay, they're, they're unusual but they're there. And, but they work. You know, they, they work and they fit in, even though you know, for, for whatever reason you go, well, you know, they should be hampered by, you know, whatever, you know, their individual you know, uh, problems, but they're not. They're, they're completely fine. They just get on with it. Yeah, they, they adjust and function as is. And that's what this, yeah. this weird planet's orbit is. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it does have a weird ending, though, because uh, uh, Troy comes into, the, into Picard's room and Picard... Uh, just wants to say, I mean, I, I know you sense how I feel, but I just want to say the words like, you know, I appreciate what you do in this ship, and you know, good job. And then it just mm. cuts to the outside of the ship, and the, the credits play. Like it was, it was, I don't know, it was a really good ending for me. I, yeah. I think the reason why I feel that way is because it didn't really feel like there was an arc in the episode where it was about the way Picard like perceives her value in the ship as her, her job or whatever, anything like that. It, it felt like Picard for the most part. Uh, was just there to act as captain when he was talking to Reva and stuff. Yeah, but he was never like Picard. Never really seemed to have much of a an arc himself. This episode, outside of just no. the setting up the themes at the start with the the, yeah. the planet orbit. It is, and that's not uh, a negative in itself. Sure. No, you know, he doesn't need to have an arc every. Oh episode, no, of course but... no. I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying the, the the final scene plays like he did. The final scene it plays. Did, yeah, like, yeah, no, it does. Yeah, it, it's it's a strange choice. 
So that was that was a bit weird, and it felt weird as well that like we ended the episode with like we have to pat Troy in the back for her part and what she did. Yeah, no, that, that, that the final scene just felt weird to me. It, it wasn't a bad scene, and it, it didn't like it. Just I don't know, nothing it was a bit strange. Nothing in the episode felt like it built up to this, like him making it clear that he appreciates her. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a bit weird, but hey, um, yeah, that's loud as a whisper. As episode five of season two of the Next Generation TNG, as the kids call it. Yeah. So what have we got next? I'm time? kidding. No, no, no kids today are talking about Next Generation. <laughs> I'm not talking about Star Trek, they're talking about Fortnite and Despicable Me. Uh, <laughs> they might be talking about Star Trek soon, once the uh, the animated stuff hits. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll catch them young. Hook, hook them young. That, that's CBS's tactic, the drug dealers. Just hook them young. And... Hey, <laughs> if it works. Uh, episode 6 is called The Schizoid Man. I like the title. I'll say that first of all. Yeah, it's a good title. Uh, so here's the description of IMDb. A dying antisocial scientist... Oh, I... I I'm relating to this guy already. Um, uh, a dying antisocial scientist comes upon the perfect vessel in which to preserve his intellect and arrogant personality. Data. Oh, I, I, I knew it was going to be. De- yeah. A mad scientist tries to take take Data's body for himself. That's actually. I, I, I'm into this concept. <laughs> yeah. I'm into this. Uh, notably, a higher average rating than the last, this episode as well. So. Good. Always good. Always good to be on the up and up. Yes. Or we go back down after. Oh well. Uh, but anyway, that yeah. has been that has been a uh, uh, loud as a whisper. So thank you very much for for watching and listening. We appreciate it. Uh, let us know what you think of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. And you guys on the Twitter's at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. And you can of course support us over at patreon.com slash TV if you want to support us over there for as little as a dollar per month. And you get these Star Trek reviews a week early. You get various other bonuses such as exclusive episodes of some of our other shows. And of course at the higher tiers you get other things as well such as voting rights and sponsorships and things like that. Uh, so go and have a look and see if you want to do any of that. It helps keep the show coming and uh, maintains all of our, well, schedule, I guess. Um, so go and have a look and see. Um, and then, of course, you can support us by rating the podcast and the podcast app that you use and stuff like that. A good rating, obviously. A low rating doesn't help us, but a, a high rating. Five stars. That helps. Yeah, um, it does. But yeah, uh, uh, as for promoting other content we have, uh, we do uh, have classic Star Trek, no sorry, not Star Trek, this is Star Trek, we have classic Twilight Zone reviews uh, that I do with Tara, uh, which you can also find on the YouTube page, um, and there is a, a podcast feed for that as well called Fuzz in the Zone, which is not up to date yet because it started a little bit later, but I've been sort of catching up uh, as, as it goes, uh, so go check out that too. Uh, but otherwise, that's us, so thank you once again for watching or listening, we always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Actually, keep watching Star Trek. And to everyone but Connor, live long and prosper. Mm